0: Hello, everyone. My name is Jared Altick, and I'm a chaplain with the police department. The Hey Chaplain podcast brings you stories and wisdom about life and law enforcement, giving support and encouragement to those who wear the badge. So what is the best argument for the existence of a first responders chaplain program? Today I'm asking Kevin Hardy this question. Kevin is retired military, a paramedic, a minister of the gospel, and a fire and police chaplain. Through his organization, Midwest Chaplain Network, he trains chaplains, he trained me, and I consider him a mentor and a friend. Today, you'll hear Kevin talk about why cops and firefighters need a chaplain to turn to, and also how chaplains help citizens at the time of an unexpected death. Listen for what a chaplain provides that isn't completely covered by other wellness resources that might also be available. I hope you'll also hear the compassion, humor, and wisdom that a good chaplain has. I want this to inspire you to help and minister to those who carry the burden of running toward danger. Our first responders need this kind of care, and they need responsible and godly men and women to provide that care. And stay tuned in after this short interview, where I'll be joined by a special guest co-host, Captain Jim Sutterby. Here's Kevin Hardy. What's your best argument for why those th- such why such a thing should exist? Because it's needed. Okay,
1: I know that sounds kind of yeah, Pat. Right? a yeah, great answer, kid. You know, yeah, <laughs> and, and, but it is. It, you know, the one thing I look at most frequently is the fact that as humans, mm-hmm. we're triune beings. So we've got a body, mm-hmm. and then we've got our soul, which our mind, our will, our emotions. Okay, and then we're a spirit being as well. We've got okay. that, that eternal part of us that. It's going to last. It's going to last. Yeah. 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 And so, as triune beings, each part needs taken care of. Mm -hmm. And most of your first response departments are going to have, you know, a peer support team or a psychologist or psychiatrist on board. And they can help the physical aspect. They can help the mental aspect. But chaplains are really, really needed to deal with the spiritual side of things. And I think that's probably the most important aspect of, of having a chaplain program is you take care of the whole person. That, that's such a big push right now, wellness and and all that with all the departments. And in in order to really take
0: care of the whole being, you've got right. to add that spiritual piece. Right. And that, that push for wellness has been around for years, for decades. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, I, I've, I've seen officer wellness things going back to the 70s. Right. But yet we're not exactly winning that battle everywhere with fire departments and police departments um, i mean there's there's a lot of there's a lot of bad statistics out there absolutely when
1: suicide rates outnumber line of duty deaths, you know there's issues that aren't being taken care of yeah and as chaplains, we have the opportunity to be a part of the department and yet separate enough that mm-hmm. once we can gain the trust of the officer, or the firefighter, or the paramedic. Once we can get behind the badge, yeah. Then we can start to help address those issues. And so, to me, it's it's uh, uh, it's so important that if we want to take care of the whole individual, we got to address that spiritual side. Because as as great as the wellness programs are and the, the the help that they do, if you're not catching that first piece, in my opinion, the spiritual piece, right? Then you're missing out on.
0: Right. a lot of care that can be given. Right. And the outsider component, I think, is important also. That's something that I promote when I talk to uh, police officers. I go in the police department to roll calls, and every year, usually in January, February, I'll go to every single roll call and explain what is a chaplain. You know, so what the heck is a chaplain? And and that that conversation I almost always mention, well, I'm outside of your chain of command. And so I don't affect discipline, I don't affect promotions, if you need to gripe about your sergeant, or or whatever, or if your sergeant needs to gripe about you, they can come to the chaplain, and I'm under layers of confidentiality, and there's just an outsider element there where I'm familiar, but I'm not part of the system, and and I think that helps also.
1: It, it does, but it it for those that are listening, it it takes 18 months on an average. I've found.
0: Mm-hmm to
1: build enough trust with an officer, particularly officers, because they're skeptical because of the job they do. They have to be. And so it takes longer to get behind that badge. But on an average, 18 months, to even get to the point where they'll start talking about family and start talking about the pressures of the job, start talking about the politics in the office. And I I am really honked off at command staff right now, and I got passed over for this. You know, all those those things come out, and, and when you know them, and they trust you, and you have that relationship, when you do the ride along, that's their office, and there's no other ears around, and, yeah. and that's when they open up, and that's when they're really themselves. And so, yeah. uh, crucial. Yeah. Crucial to have a chaplet program.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh What other kinds of, um you know, issues, you know, what kind of problems and 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 uh, factors go into uh, these officers and, and firefighters and first responders needing someone like a javelin?
1: Well, if you think just to what they do on a day-to-day basis, every okay. time they report for work, they're going to see trauma. Yeah. They're going to see death.
0: They're going to see the worst in people. They're going to see. They kind of have their nose rubbed in it, don't they? Oh, yeah. It just, just the worst of society. Absolutely.
1: Absolutely. And it's yeah. day after day after day. Yeah. And when you gear up for work, you go in expecting the worst, because you have to. You have to be on that level of, of yeah. readiness to be able to function through that shift. Yeah. Um, I was a paramedic for 20 years, and so I know what it's like to report for work, get out on the streets, and you run call after call after call, and you never get back to the station. And it's full cardiac arrest. It's an MVA with a fatality. It's a structure fire with a fatality. And you just, you see those things and you deal with those things day after day. And that stuff builds up. Yeah. And that that, uh, that that's traumatic stress. And it builds yeah. up in you and eventually it gets cumulative and, and it can affect you, can take you off the job if you're not careful.
0: Okay. And of course we also have uh, the way society is uh, today we have an attitude towards toward our first responders, especially police uh, departments. Absolutely, where where there's a there's a pretty strong feeling against that, and that affects the officers.
1: Sure, when you report for work and you know you're hated for the uniform you wear and for the yeah. job you do, and that's the only reason you're hated. They don't know you. Nobody knows you. <laughs> Yeah. You know, and but you're still hated because of the job you do. That weighs really heavy. You know, we all deal with rejection, but when it's part of your job, day after day after day, and getting put down and getting called everything in the book, and it, those negatives just beat on your spirit. They beat on your mind. They just yeah. they weigh you down and they they wear you down. And so, yeah. uh, we can come in as chaplains with that. That hope and that encouragement—that hey, man, we love what you're doing. We appreciate you, and and we can build them up and encourage them, and and just offer them hope and life, and and just tell them, hey, man, we love what you do. We love you guys, and we love what you're doing. And they don't hear that often enough. And so, chaplains get an opportunity to do that.
0: Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So so tell me what are some of the uh uh arguments for a chaplaincy program, some of the the roles, some of the things that chaplains do that that really help. Well, I first and
1: foremost is um because I, we see it as we as we do ride alongs and that type of thing, a lot of times we're a bridge between the officer, or firefighter, uh, EMT, or uh, a bridge between them and the community. Yeah. And there are times I've been on scene as a chaplain where, you know, the fire department is there and they call the code and they, they have to, they just walk, you know, they're gone. Yeah. And they're like, why didn't they do more? How come they couldn't do this? And you get to explain what's going on or why is that firefighter cutting a hole in my roof? You yeah. know, well, they're ventilating the roof so they can, you know, get the gases out and help right. with the firefight. So you're there as a bridge. You can really encourage the community and let them know what these officers are doing, and it also allows you to focus on the family or the bystanders or whoever, and it allows the police officers, firefighters, etc., to
0: do their job yeah. because we're dealing with the community. So that's that's a big one. Um, yeah, I've always said I've always said that if if we're in a situation like a homicide and there's a large crowd of people gathered at the yellow tape and. It's not that our officers aren't able to deal with that to a degree, but sometimes they're they have competing responsibilities. And so that might be a situation where you take a chaplain you know, by the you know, by the you know belt buckle and throw him over the, the yellow tape <laughs> and, and, and and we as chaplains are civilians. Uh, we're volunteers usually, and and we can sometimes do a little bit of that translating from top right. to civilian or from first responder. You know, that battalion chief, you know, may not say things in a way that makes sense to the person standing there looking at their house. You know, and, and so and so right. we can we can kind of translate and kind of help a little bit. Uh, be that be that bridge you were talking about. Right. Absolutely. What What are some of the others that you have?
1: Um, I think being being able to offer hope on absolutely the worst day of someone's life whether that's an officer or a fire personnel or community mm-hmm. we have a, a great opportunity to go into any given situation and offer hope and offer encouragement and provide solutions you know uh, we we see it as chaplains yeah. when we respond on a death notification where the family's just at a loss because this was unexpected and and we have the opportunity to to bring hope that there's there's a reason to go ahead and move forward let's let's kind of get through this initial shock together let's get your support system engaged yeah. and moving get your pastor involved get your family involved or whoever your trusted neighbor friend and let's let's start thinking ahead a little bit because here's what's going to happen mm-hmm. you know medical examiner is going to come in they're yeah. going to do their thing and then the body will either be released to funeral home or they'll take it to the medical examiner's office. But you've got to be thinking about where do you want the body to go, yeah. belongings, what about medications, what about Social Security, all those things come yeah. come into play. Yeah. And we get the opportunity to minister to those folks just by helping them through that initial season, yeah. that initial time. And it's it's just a real blessing to be able to,
0: to do well, that. Well, and I, I feel like, too, that a lot of times I've had the opportunity to, as a chaplain, to to – be a voice of hopefulness and optimism and and just what we in Christianity would call hope, mm-hmm. uh, you know, as far as, you know, a certainty about where we're going to be in the future. It, I've had opportunity to give a voice to that. It's not that the different firefighters or police officers didn't believe that, but their job kind of breeds cynicism as a defense mechanism. Absolutely. And so sometimes it's it's kind of once if they're in job mode, if they're they're, you know, if they've got their, you know, hat on and they're 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 thinking along those lines, a lot of times it'll be a very cynical Pessimistic, kind of jaded, kind of tone that comes across, sure. and and some officers do a great job of balancing that out and not letting that come across to the civilian that they're speaking to. But I think a chaplain can come in and and be deliberately hopeful, and and that's helpful that we're that we have that much hope. And and I think that that I think that just helps everybody. I think that helps the police officer needs to hear something positive. The person in the crisis needs to hear something positive, and I feel like chaplains can provide that. Right,
1: right. Know? And afterwards, once yep. we've cleared the scene, yeah, we go back to the station or we see that officer again. Hey, how are you doing? Yeah, you holding up okay? You know, yeah. I've been on many a scene where it was a firefighter's first fatal fire or mm-hmm. a young police officer's first. Fatal MVA. And you got to go back to them because how are they going to process that? They've never had to process anything like that. And as chaplains, we get that opportunity to to check on them and make sure they're doing okay.
0: Yeah, being shot at for the first time or something. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Absolutely. Okay, what's your next one?
1: Uh, I would say probably the fact that we, as outsiders, if you will, as volunteers, and as chaplains, we have uh, the opportunity to to provide confidential, uh, privileged communication. Um, as pastors, most of us, most chaplains are licensed ministers or or chaplains or as uh, pastors. And so with that, uh, we can offer that confidential conversation that you can Let me everything, you know, tell me everything you want want to tell me about your sergeant or about your lieutenant or, you know, even the chief. You can go there if you want. (laughs) I'll listen and I'll, you know, and nobody's going to know what you told me because that's what we can do. Yeah. You know, uh, now I'm on the Missouri side of things and we have obviously certain things we have to report. Sure. But – that's made part of the conversation. You know, hey, if, if we're going to talk about these things, we gotta we got to talk somebody else as well. But yeah. that privileged confidential communication—they know they can call you and go, "I got to talk." Yeah, and 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 uh, it's tremendous. It's yeah. tremendous.
0: Yeah, and and anybody starting out as a chaplain needs to understand that will not happen right off. Um, I had people approach me. Early on, but they never followed through. Right. Uh, the only ones who ever really opened up were ones that I'd been around for some length of time. It takes. So, it yeah. takes years. It, it's yeah. a.
1: It's. This is where we get into the fun word. It's a ministry of presence. Yeah. And and what does that mean? It means being there in the mundane. It means being there at roll call it means being there just stopping by the station and checking in on folks it means doing ride alongs when yeah. we're allowed to do ride alongs yeah. you know it means that when you get pulled over for speeding and they walk up to their, the car they go ah, chaplain yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they know your face right you know they right. know your face and right. and they know who you are and and that's important because one, they've seen you around, you've been there through the good, you've been there through the bad, mm-hmm. and you've kept your word. We have to be integrous on in all that we do. When we say we're going to show up, we've got to show up. Yeah. When we say we're going to do a ride-along, we've got to come in and do that ride-along. Because if we don't, then they're not going to trust us because you can't even keep your word. Yeah. So, that's important. But that, that ministry of presence is probably the most important thing we do as chaplains.
0: Yeah.
1: So, being there and... Being known, just like they can look at you and go, "That's the chaplain." They know who we are. They may never interact
0: with us. No, but I think you should assume that they're going to see you dozens of times before they'll start to open up to you. Yeah, you know, at least in a meaningful way. There are some personalities that just they'll they uh, they liked their pastor growing up, and so they see this chaplain and they warm up to you at least in a casual kind of way. But as far as like helping them you're, you're going to see them a lot before they actually give you the opportunity to come in yes. and go behind the badge, like and, you were saying. And
1: I'm on one department right now that I've been there for over 12 years, and I've still got two or three that absolutely want nothing to do with any of the chaplains. Yeah, yeah. You're not going to ride with me. Yep. You know, I don't want to talk yeah. to you. You know, And it's interesting but when crisis hits— we get a phone call mm-hmm. and we help them through that crisis. And then it's right back to don't talk to me, right. you know, and that's all right. You know, that's, uh, <laughs> that's okay. That's okay. Yeah. That's, a, that's an opportunity to to
0: share a testimony and a witness. And, and that's important. That's awesome, Kevin. Thank you for that. And uh, tell me, you know, where can we get more information about what you do?
1: Sure. The best place to get in contact with me is at MWCN.online. Mm -hmm. That's M-W-C-N dot online. That's the Midwest Chaplain Network website. And uh, there are obviously various pages and various things for first responders as well as chaplains. Feel free to get on there, look around, and kind of keep an eye on those things we're doing. And we'd love to see you.
0: Fantastic.
1: Thank you very much. Hey, thanks for having me.
0: All right. Bye-bye. See you later. I really hope to bring Kevin Hardy back as often as I can. He brings a lot of wisdom and good judgment to helping people in high-stress situations. And I want chaplains to be familiar with the work that he does through Midwest Chaplain Network. Jim, what did you think of that episode? Oh, I love
2: Kevin. Um, Kevin has a real heart for law enforcement, in it? And obviously, you can tell that um, as he talks about chaplaincy and the need for it. And I think... One of the things that I really heard in that podcast was, you know, why do we need chaplaincy with police departments? Mm -hmm. And Kevin and I go across the state and we've taught a a class called Spiritual Fitness for Law Enforcement. Uh And just to build on what Kevin kind of mentioned in that um, in his podcast is that, you know, the need for spiritual fitness in, in law enforcement is because faith only enhances what we do in law enforcement. It enhances it from a, a personal perspective. It enhances it from a professional perspective. This quote was um, is is kind of brought back to my uh, attention when I was listening to Kevin. It's by Samuel Feemster. He's okay. a. Uh, it came out of an FBI bulletin, and it just says uh, that spirituality in law enforcement constitutes a vital key to wellness practices for those wounded law enforcement officers exposed to long-term exposures to crime and its perpetrators, although armed and vigilant for the protection of the innocent and defenseless, as well as their fellow officers and themselves, they sustained wounds through the persistent assault of human predators. Hmm. And if you think about that, Kevin mentioned that uh, law enforcement officers sustained wounds. Yeah, yeah. And you kind of hit on that, too, in your conversation with, with Kevin is that they see the worst of the worst yeah. on, a, on a daily basis. And it's not constantly something that is, you know, it's not, maybe it's not call to call, but it's on a regular basis. Yeah, it happens
0: regularly. It happens
2: regularly. And because of that, they suffer trauma and they compartmentalize that trauma. And so spirituality and law enforcement allows us to be able to maintain hope sure it allows us to put our our use our faith to repair our our soul our our spiritual side in order that we can do what Christ has called us to do and that is really uh live out Christ in our lives yeah. and so officers and pastors and you know, I think we do this similarly is that we serve other people on a daily basis, but in order to serve, we have to take care of ourselves. If we don't take care of ourselves, we can't serve others, right? And officers deserve to be taken care of, yeah. And, they deserve, yeah. they yeah. deserve to be taken care of, they deserve to be well, and there's all kinds of, of wellness um, opportunities now. You know, you've hit on that, that uh, departments are making this a available. To uh, our men and women, from mental wellness to f- financial wellness to physical wellness and spiritual. Yep. Wellness or spiritual fitness, fitness is another aspect of that.
0: And, and it's not like chaplains are just going in and preaching Christian sermons at police officers. I mean, that's not really what's happening at all. Even though some people may hear a chaplain, they see a cross perhaps, which not even all the case, but maybe they see a cross associated with it and they assume, oh, well, that's just a heavy-handed preacher that's trying to throw, you know, shove religion down their throat. And, and man, I, I don't think that's what... Any chaplains do. I mean, if they do, they probably get in trouble and they don't last very long. I presume no. it's not an overtly like heavy-handed Christian thing. We're not trying to convert all the officers, right? No,
2: no. We're, what we're trying to do is we're trying to establish relationships. And and you have said this, Kevin said this in the in the podcast. It's a ministry of presence, mm-hmm. and we hope that through that through the presence that we have, through that light that Christ is is showing in our life, that. We build that relationship, and then out of that, we get asked questions about our faith. Right, right. And then and then that opens doors for us to show the hope that we have right. and how that hope has sustained us in our own lives. Yeah. And uh, so, you know, that's really what—it's more about, you know, I know Kevin said in, in your podcast it takes about 18 months mm-hmm. to establish the relationship behind the badge, as we call it, you know, that's where I have an advantage and that encourage those who are law enforcement officers who have a real calling to do this kind of work is we already have, I don't have to build that relationship when I come in. Right. You know, I've already established uh, the rapport, rapport. right. You know, what I have to do is, you know, um, right now is just kind of watch it that, you know, that they don't, that they trust me, you know, to, to open up and to be vulnerable and yep. we all know that for police officers, being vulnerable is is not something that they're used to doing. Oh no, no. <laughs> and that and that they really don't want to do. Right. Let's face right. it; they don't they don't want to be vulnerable. But but if you want to be healthy and well, you okay. have to be vulnerable. And and not only do you have to be vulnerable, um, you know, maybe with a chaplain, but vulnerable with your spouse. Yeah. Vulnerable yeah. with your with your husband
0: or your wife or. Fiance, girlfriend, you have to be able to lower the defenses at some point in your life. You're going to have relationships that you need to lower those defenses. And I would hope that a chaplain and other. Uh, Professionals that are helping with officer wellness can teach officers, you know, how to put up those defenses to protect yourself and then how to lower those defenses at the appropriate times. Yeah. 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 Perfectly said.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And I just want to go on. The second part of this quote says spirituality matters to effective practice and performance in seven primary ways. It nourishes the inner being, um, it unleashes vitality, it heals the deepest and most invisible trauma provides an antidote for the toxicity of evil. Spirituality sh- helps us to see that there's good in people. Yeah. And that not everybody is evil and it take it's it's that it's that anecdote that vaccine for evil. Um, it also does it nurtures longevity in our careers, it enhances it enhances intuitive policing. It enhances how we treat people, how we you know, you, you look at look at Titus for instance. You know, and, and it talks about in Titus um, how, you know, it really speaks to elders and church leaders. But as leaders in law enforcement, what it tells us, and I think if you're a police officer, you're a leader in your community. Um, and it talks about how we must be self controlled, slow to anger, and those kind of things. So I think it only enhances what we do on the street. So, so chiefs, deputy chiefs, see that spirituality can actually help make better cops. But it also can make better cops personally by keeping them well. That's excellent. Thank you, Jim.
0: If you liked what you heard here, please share this episode with a cop or someone who loves a cop. On the next episode of Hey Chaplain.
1: When SWAT would do a warrant or a call out or whatever, Mm -hmm. they would call and have an ambulance do a standby just in case something happens. Right. Well, the mass dispatchers kind of screwed that up. (laughs) broadcasted over the radio channel which was not encrypted so all the media sources picked up and here the SWAT team is ready to make entry in this house and there are news vans circling the block of the house that they're on Mm -hmm. and the um, lieutenant over the SWAT team at the time and the major that was the night commander were not pleased.
0: The views expressed here are the personal views of the hosts and our guests and do not necessarily represent the views of any law enforcement agency or its components. Thank you for listening today. And as always, pray for peace in our city.